That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is a man that was penciled in to, you know, own Ring of Honor, and then he decided he wasn't going to pay $20 million. JC. Revolution is a mystery. Is that, is that how it goes? AW Revolution this week, Nestlemania. You mentioned Khan bought Ring of Honor, like good for him, whatever. Um, but we saw it did pay dividends at the pay-per-view, as we will get into. We have uh, new champions on SmackDown as we continue our road to WrestleMania. We uh, plan to react live to some breaking news uh, that's supposed to be coming while we're recording today. So we'll be on the lookout for that, as well as all the regular fun stuff. We look ahead to Roadblock tonight. So Nestlemania, we have a jam-packed show. That's true. Very true. Should we start with evolution? I'm sorry, revolution. You got me thinking because of this song. Got him. Yeah, we should. Um, we actually we watched most of this together. Uh, I ordered it and we watched it over here at my place. A little like low key thing. Uh, I will say this. Um, the last two AEW pay per views that I bought, I fucking loved, and I would have paid double. This one, um, it was still a fun show. But I didn't feel as good about shelling out the money as I do for normally. But it was still a decent show. But uh, it started kind of off with a whimper, in my opinion. It did start off with kind of a whimper because we started off with, I believe, Jericho and your boy, the Mad King. Um, we kind of had an idea here that it was going to be Eddie's big moment. I appreciate. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, some matches you remember before the matches and some other things you remember because of the finishes, right? This, 100%. Me, this is one of those, this is the finish. Nobody else gives a shit about anything that happened in this matchup. I forgot everything we watched except the ending, which you 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 were seeing me violently scream at this, you know, at the screen, going, "Don't fucking shake his hand! Don't fucking shake his hand!" Yeah, <laughs> like at least there's something there because if you if you acknowledge it, then it's done. It doesn't really do anything. And I think Jericho's at a point where if he's the opportunity, if he's the reason, you know, like Eddie Kingston still needs to do something with him. So I was happy with that. I just felt like the re- the, the 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 I think people thinking that Jericho's turning back the clock. I mean, let's let's be honest with each other here. I don't think he's, he's turning back anything. I mean, he looks great, but the match was just sloppy and the, and and Eddie's sloppy in general. I mean, it's it's a fight. I would prefer a fight more than a wrestling match. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, no, we we kind of I think we were on the same page with this one. Um, I do like that Eddie tapped him out. I thought that was a cool little finish just to make it pretty definitive that Eddie beat Jericho. Um, I believe they're doing a segment this week where Jericho is going to like talk to him so who knows if it's a confrontation or if he's gonna you know suck him off but uh it did it did what it needed to do and uh speaking of doing what it needed to do next up was the triple threat tag team title match uh jurassic express red dragon and uh the young bucks and uh i mean this was fine it was fun it had its fun moments as we saw but uh you know the dinosaur and uh boy won as they should but it kind of continued to further along the red dragon young bucks storyline so that we had this conversation like while we were sitting there talking about it. It's it sucks. It absolutely sucks 
that it's not Jurassic Park centered. Like, you know, yeah. sorry, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Express. <laughs> Jurassic, me. Jurassic Park too. Come on. It might as well be. <laughs> na, 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 na. Who gives a shit? But anyway, it's important to say that like they're the tag team champions. They've been, I wouldn't say they're fighting tomato cans throughout this entire reign, but I'm feeling like nothing is really in peril here as long as they've been champions. Like the ass boys, eh. Max Caster, eh, you know, eh, he's great. But Anthony Bowens is like, in my opinion, the workhorse of the team. So it's like 100%. So I look at that and I go like, they're great, but are they going to be beating them great? No. This is the first time where I was like, okay, they're kind of in peril. But we both know that a negative and a negative don't make a positive. They cancel each other out here. And then we knew that Jurassic Express was going to win. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a great match. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I I mean, I'm, I'm, I always have a soft spot for Nick Jackson. I think the guy is the best hot tag in the business. Plus, he's just a yo-yo. Like, he just bounces around like a, you know, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to make the, the two-handed squeeze? That's fine. Whatever. You remember, we're going to be visual, so, you know, it is what it is. I don't, I don't have to be more careful You're in the future. You're going to be more careful. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the interest and fairness here is that Red Dragon, you and I both feel the same way. It's just, it's hard. It, Red Dragon doesn't get us specifically excited. Not anymore. Not anymore. And we kind of talked about when we were watching, like, back when, like, dabbled in the Ring of Honor and seeing them. Like, that's when I really fell in love with Adam Cole. I thought these guys were really cool. And I'm not saying they're not good wrestlers. And in the Ring, it isn't a good product. It's just, I'm just kind of over them. I think it was just, like, we saw so much of them in NXT and come over here. And it's like they had all broken up. And now it's just kind of back together. So it's like, whatever. And, yeah, like, to your point, like, this, this, this whole thing... There's been nothing about Jurassic Express yet. Yeah, they're the champions. They fight a lot. They win. But, like, this story was all about the, the challenging team. So, I just, for, like, as we move forward now, hopefully these two teams can go their own way and Jurassic Express can, you know, maybe feud with, like, the FTRs or the Proud and Powerfuls and the other top echelon teams in AEW because those could be some Boehner matches and maybe we could get a little more character work with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. See, I agree with you there because it was, it was odd to watch no character work develop for those two specifically. We saw the other four fighting and, and getting something, which we assume we'll get on a Dynamite or a special event or maybe even a pay-per-view in May or whatever. But the thing that I wanted to talk about here more than anything is what I've noticed about AEW, and it's not really necessarily a, a critique, but more just something that I'm, I'm noticing, is that they're going back to things. Like, we'll talk about a certain person with a special entrance. They're going back to things, right? Or they're doing what they did before they got to the WWE. Or they're in love with this version of themselves. I'm not really seeing an evolution in terms of what's new with a lot of these things in AEW. It's more of a, like, we're just spotlighting these amazing things that happened in wrestling five, ten years ago. And now we're getting to see it on a grander stage, which, again, is great. But for me, I'm always a what's next kind of person, right? Like, where, where are we going next? I've, and I think that's probably the reason when you said Red Dragon, we're fatigued with it, is we saw it in Ring of Honor. It was delightful. We saw it as the Undisputed Era in NXT, and we were like, hey, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's hilarious. Adam Cole's great. Roddy and the fucking Bobby Fish, who gives a shit? But, uh, you know, the rest <laughs> of them are fine. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, then you get to AEW, and you're like, all right, whatever. You know, like, what, what like, Red Dragon, woohoo! Like it's the same thing. Adam Cole is, I, I would hope, gonna evolve at some point. You know what I mean? So I just, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, overall for AEW, I get a little bit like, okay, that's great for nostalgia stake, but if you're gonna stay where you are and not evolve into a character, it's hard for me to really. And they, they, they tout how much storytelling they do, 
And I think that falls short sometimes. It does, but what we're going to get to next is where um, probably an A-plus story. We're getting to the ladder match because Nestlemania, this is war. This is war. I mean, we talk about Punk MJF by itself being an incredible story, but the side story or the parallel story with it is this Wardlow story, and obviously we're going to get to even more of it in a couple matches later on this card. But, I mean, this ladder match, I mean, we're, I, I had a lot of fun watching it because you know me. I love the big boys, so uh, all the Hobbs, Lee, and uh, Wardlow stuff I was popping for. But what makes it even better is what I thought the MVP of the match Orange Cassidy, because every interaction he had with these big boys was fucking fantastic. The stuff at the beginning where they're doing the pose off and he like pops in and just start doing the light kicks. They're all looking at him like, what the hell? He had a couple other moments where he came in, like the ladder spot where he, they were holding it up and he flipped on top of it and tried to grab it. Like he was just, he was a star in this match. Uh, he looked great. He made everyone better. Then obviously we had the kaboom at the end, which took care of Hobbs and Lee, which kind of set up for Wardlow just to take on the little boys in the match and go and uh, grab that giant uh, flotational gold donut. And Sonic wins this round. Do, 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 do. Uh, but, you know, and then he killed Ricky Starks. Thank God he's okay. Fucking Ricky yep. Starks. Poor <laughs> yeah. bastard. Poor yeah, he, bastard. uh, yeah. It's hard, though. Like, it is really, it's truly very hard, right? Like, it's it's difficult. But again, that ladder match, again, we knew it was going to be a kaboom. It always is. Christian was there to, you know, be Christian and do, like, one big bump, as we knew. Um, I appreciated this matchup because, again, we were sitting there going, okay, there's, like, three people in this match we think are definite, like, possibilities. Then there are three people that are there for, like, you know, certain reasons, probably to direct traffic or catch people when they were. But I, I have some fun. I, I thought for me when I was watching this, obviously we both picked Wardlow because we wanted the Ward No, dog. I picked Keith Lee. You did pick Lee. I'm sorry. I, wanted, I, was, I would have been fine with either, but I picked Keith Lee. So we were, we, so we were saying Keith Lee, Wardlow, or Orange Cassidy seemed like people that were. But here's the thing that I will say. I've always been a big fan of all three of those guys, with the exception of, you know, maybe Keith Lee every once in a while with the with the voice. But realistically, though, JC, this made me more of a fan of Powerhouse Hobbs. I really, oh, Hobbs really, is great. I've loved Hobbs, but I felt like, like I, you said it to me, and I didn't notice it until he was up on the, the ladder with the facial expressions. And you're like, he just looks like him disgusted human being. He just has great he has facial. Like, he doesn't like curl like with his mouth it's a snarl. and his face. And he's just, snarl. Yeah, it's a snarl. He's just, he looks mean. Yeah. And like, it's something you can't teach because there are some big guys that just can't, they don't, they're not good at they looking look mean or, or it feels forced. Yeah. Like yeah. with Braun sometimes, like he could look mean, but he could also, it was like a goofy mean. Whereas like Hobbs, Hobbs just looks like a mean man that will beat the piss out of you. Also, um, you know, I love talking about uh, gear. He had some super hot fire gear with like, oh, his, his shit was great. But, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I agree. I've, I've been a fan of Hobbs for a while, more and more that I see him. I was kind of upset that after he had that really nice match with Punk on Rampage that he kind of like disappeared for a bit where he didn't really wrestle. He was just kind of in the background. But him and Starks are two guys that they're on TV a lot because they do the commentary on Rampage and they're part of the faction. But they're two guys I want to see more work from because I think they're two of like the diamonds on the roster. And, you know, I feel like they just kind of get overlooked. So I'm glad they were highlighted in this match matchup and part of this really fun match they're friday night taz i mean that's exactly what rampage hooks over there taz commentates more over there it seems he gets more tv time and then there's hobbs who just snarls behind him and then the ricky starks does the commentary too so it just seems like a team taz show why the fuck not right i mean i i, I mean we're in orange i fucking love taz so what are you gonna do yeah. moving on 
Next up, we have, I mean, probably the, the most super hot fire gear of the night. Speaking of that, was uh, Jade Cargill coming out with the Horrible. Mortal Kombat look um, facing Conti. This match was probably about what we all expected. Um, I don't think it was the worst match of the night, but it definitely isn't near the top of the list. But it did the job. Jade must pose. And uh, they got, Tay got her shit in a little bit, had a little fun. Uh, Anna walked out with her, so she got to be on the pay-per-view too. And But yeah, it ended how it should with Jade posing, getting another win, and uh, retaining her TBS championship. You're burying the lead, JC. Which one? What happened at the beginning of the match? Oh, yeah, the smoochy smooch. Yeah. The smooch turned around the world. I mean, Jade is... We kind of talked about this as it was happening. Like, Jade has that gift where no matter what, she knows how to get people talking about her. And talking about her nonstop, no matter what, whether it's her, like, causing ruckuses on Twitter or her doing something like this. Because you know what? She is that bitch. It is her show. And she doesn't care what you think. But she knows. She's intelligent. She knows... She knows how she's a star, but she's like, how do I become like the biggest star and get people talking? You do shit like this, a little smoochy smoochy. She, they probably threw it out there to Tay, and Tay was probably all for it because she's, you know, and uh, now Mickey James is uh, tweeting now she can kiss better and likes that too. So, I mean, Jade's awesome. I love Jade. But yeah, the smoochy smooch, uh, a lot of people on the internet were real excited about that one. Yeah, I could tell a lot of keyboards stopped typing for a couple seconds. Just saying. Only a couple seconds. Only though. a couple seconds because it only lasts a couple seconds. It's a yeah. thank you and I'm done. You know. Yep. You know. But hey, Jade's getting better, so you can't really complain she too is. much about it. So I, I, I look at it like that. She's definitely getting better, and I, I think people need to give her some fucking slack on that. Because is she is she going to be Goldberg? We'll find out. You know. But I think she has more moves in her move set than Goldberg ever did, and Goldberg did a lot more with a lot less. So I mean, right? I mean, I, there's this. The sky's the limit, as we usually make it. hundred percent. And I mean, it's one of those things like. We kind of talk about this when we have like the newcomers in NXT and we kind of watch them grow. Like Bianca is a great example of someone who just, I mean, she, we literally watched her grow and we're doing the same thing with Jade because she's too big not to be on TV. She has to be on TV and we're every match. Like we say, like she's adding something to a repertoire, even if it doesn't look great. I love when people just try stuff, just experiment. Then you stick with what works. So you move on from what doesn't. And I mean, it's been very vocal how her and Daniel Bryan are working together. So that's nothing but positive. So the trajectory for Jade to the moon. Now you're confusing the fuck out of me to the moon. Hell yeah, baby. To the moon. Yep. Well, we have to, you know, we had to kind of like transition because this next piece was, I mean, this was probably the thing I think most of us were looking forward to myself included. I would have, if I were booking the show to put it the main event, whether for right or wrong, which, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, MJF and, uh, CM Punk, this match was definitely long. I think we agreed with, but I think I said it to you at the end. I didn't give a fuck because that stuff at the ending is the most important thing and made it the best part of the night. Because as we know, they went back and forth. There was a lot of blood, yada, yada. But uh, MJF called for Wardlow at the end, Nestlemania. And Wardlow, Wardlow, this is war. Couldn't find the ring. Or so we thought. So then MJF, boom. Uh, There was tax involved, ate a GTS. And then after that GTS, suddenly Wardlow remembered, oh, it's in the other pocket. Pulled out the rain, left it on the apron for CM Punk. He picks it up, shines that bitch, son of a bitch up real nice. And boom, beats MJF with his own type of the way MJF wins a lot of matches. So Punk picks up the win. Wardlow, it appears to have finally turned on MJF. We'll see how they spin it on uh, Dynamite this week. But Nestlemania, um... The match, yes, too long, but total package, this was a plus for me. Well, you said something to me that, like, I think we had a long discussion while we had the time, while it was going on. A dog collar match doesn't really give you the excitement. It's no. more of a brutality of, yes. this is going to be brutal, this is going to be, like, harsh, you know, this is blood for blood's sake. 
right? And then you get to a point where this is the point where, at least for me, if I was booking this because I'm weird, I said to you, I want I want MJF on Wednesday to show up with the Ace Ventura implanted in the forehead like <laughs> ring from like the Dolphins <laughs> AFC Championship ring or whatever, right in the middle of the forehead because that that would add like a little bit of chef kiss to the end of this entire thing. But we go on to like where does CM Punk go? What's his trajectory? Because now we're not we're now Wardlow is no longer the running parallel. R- r- he's he's the exit, right? Like now we're off on this thing. You would think or paused until later, but. I think that Wardlow is still stuck under contract because they're going to play that whole gimmick up. He's going to win the TNT championship, and then it's going to be, motherfucker, I don't give a shit. You're giving me that championship, and then we'll have the Batista putting him through a fucking table moment, I would assume. Because the parallel of Batista and Wardlow is just inevitable. It's, it makes so much sense, and it just, like, so works. And here's the thing. Like, I, I liked Batista, but I love this is war. I love Wardlow. He's becoming one of my favorite sure. guys. Like, just it's not just the story that has been so good with him. He has been perfect in his role. And you know I'm a facial expression guy. Wardlow, mwah, chef kiss. Oh, like he, the way he went. Oh, yeah, it just is so good. He's we talk about this all the time. And like, I mean, the Vince podcast last week really hit on it. Like you can call it professional wrestling all you want, but the real stars, they're superstars because they can act. Right. Wardlow, we know he can wrestle, but he can freaking act. That just tells me he's a top star. And you know why? You know what? I'm, I'm starting to understand why you like Wardlow better than Batista, because if Wardlow had a ridiculous belly button tattoo, he at least covered it up with a singlet. You. You know, you have to watch Dave Batista, unfortunately. He's got that little spiral sun thing going on there. Just saying. Wardlow's just, I think, I mean, Batista was athletic for back then, especially very yeah. athletic. Oh, yeah. But, like, Wardlow is, like, part of that different breed of big men now where it's just, like, they're absolute freaks of nature. So I just love the Powerbomb Symphony. I think that's such a it's, great, it's like, a Powerbomb by man. itself, everybody does it. But the fact yeah. that he's going to hit you with three or four of them because he's insane. I love he that. has like the Brock Lesnar move set. Like that's the equivalent of Suplex City. It is fucking genius because that shit will always be over. Yeah, absolutely. So. But again, we didn't really talk much more about Punk and NMJF here, which shows, yeah, that was a great story. It was, and it was fantastic. But, but I this... think, but I think it, it the scales tip so far in the yeah. Wardlow direction that it's like this is great. Punk did a great job. MJF this should have been job. called this pay-per-view should have been called AEW Wardlow's Revolution <laughs> because this show was all about Wardlow to me like that was my big takeaway and that's why like for as much as other stuff that I thought was kind of like okay to me what sold it and if I were to be like yeah this is worth my 50 would be just the, the Wardlow stuff alone was so good like this is what we were waiting for this is what we were looking for it played out perfectly and yeah but it had to to really sell the moment I do think that Punk and MJF had to get us there and they did they did 100% because that match was brutal and people who love the absolute brutality bloodbath. like I'm not as big of a fan as the blood stuff and we can kind of talk about this at the end. I think they they do a little too much of it here and there is another match and a couple that really went overboard with it but it's just some people do really like that so that's for them it was awesome but for me I think it just I would have been fine with it. Yeah, it can be brutal. Just, you know, tighten it up a little. But at the end of the day, like I said, everything that happened when Wardlow came out made it A+. plus. So I forget that I uh, the match was long, and I don't care. All right, speaking of something you didn't care, what's next? Yeah, so this this was tough. This is obviously a tough spot for the AEW Women's Championship match uh, between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. But what made it even tougher in WrestleMania is I don't think this was a good match at all. Especially, like, maybe we had the bar too high because of their St. Paddy's Day match last year with uh, Rosa and Baker was so good. It was a match of the year candidate. One of my favorite matches of last year. I know it was one of your favorites as well. But 
This one, I mean, I, I did. I ranked the matches on my Twitter at JC of the JK, and I had this one DFL. Um, it's yeah. I, I mean, it's not. I don't want to rip on it because these are two. You know, if you listen yeah. to this podcast, you know how much I love Brooke Baker and her run, and you know how much I appreciate and like Thunder Rosa. But this match stunk. She's a friend of the show. I love her. Yeah. I love Thunder Rosa. I think you know she's great. And I sat there and I thought about it, you know, over and over and over and over again. And I was excited, but we did hear that she did get injured, you know, previously before the match. Yeah. So we don't know how much that laid into it. We don't know. She um, didn't appear to be limited, but at the same time, I don't know. The match was very plotting. But as we kind of put two and two together as this developed, we realized they're going to be in San Antonio in a few weeks, and that's Thunder Rosa's hometown. And if we're doing some math here so with all the bullshit interference. I would uh, deduce that we might be headed for a cage match in her hometown with her maybe winning, but they did kind of throw a little wrinkle by announcing that she would take on Layla Hirsch in a contenders eliminator match or whatever they call them on uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite. But I would assume Thunder's going to win that. So I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. She needs a redo. That one was a, a and on, you know, quick note, they have a new women's championship that I think looks like the mid South championship or one of the mid South championships. If I saw her on Twitter correctly, um, Somebody painted the the world blue, like the ocean in the world blue, and it actually looked a lot better. Interesting. So if you check that out on Twitter somewhere, it, it actually because I'm not a big fan of what it looked like because I feel like it's too plain looking in terms of the plates. I like when things, too boxy for me. I'm not pop. a big fan of if you're gonna go like shapey with a championship. I do prefer like the circles or like the the old heavyweight with a little like not like I don't know square championships. Never really uh, got me super excited. That's fair. Nice. That's just me. Moving on. Well, next up, WrestleMania, we have Bloodbath Part 2. And this was between Moxley and uh, Brian Danielson. This was a very good match. Um, I enjoyed it uh, for the most part. Um, but I feel like, uh, obviously, Mox got the little, like, fluky win there at the end. But I feel like the only thing people care about is that uh, William Regal debuted and uh, slapped both these men in the face. I can't wait for him to yell in, like, November. He's Instead of, he's going to go, whoa, no, no, not War Games. Blood and guts. You know, he's going to use it. And then he'll go, this is war. No. Oh, yeah. That'd be fine, too. <laughs> war, no. Uh, but again, if he's part of this little faction, awesome. He's great. He's wonderful. He knows exactly what to do. But backstage is even worried. I think yes, that's where that it's is... going to be a bigger deal. Yeah, hundred percent. That that's where you hit on the head. Like he is, he's an A plus coach to bring in. Like his stuff on screen will probably be great because we all love William Regal and he's seen he did a good job in NXT. But the 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 big move here is behind the scenes. Like this is someone for the especially the young talent that, I mean, everyone in NXT and who's gone through NXT is, sings his praises. So it's it's great that some of the younger AEW talent is going to have this uh, as well. Well, here's hoping that this entire you know we're kind of. A team, but not a team. Like at least they bled together. And John, well, I'll forgive the shitty ending because we were like we said, this match was blood for blood's sake again, and the finish only mattered for two minutes. And then Regal came out, and I'm like, yeah. So again, if they know they have a shitty ending, nobody fucking cares because here comes William Regal. So they do a good job of padding it at the end where you don't get a bad taste in your mouth. I think that's important. Yes. Anything Next else? up, we have the Nestlemania special. That is the six-man tag, which, uh, honestly, I thought this was actually pretty fun. We did the throwaway matches, but this was all high spots, even freaking Sting jumping off of shit. Um, obviously, the big miss was the literal miss on the finish because Matt Hardy's a little bitch, didn't want to take the coffin drop, so I'm just going to blame him. I don't know whose fault that was. I don't remember, but, uh, yeah, they missed. They kind of missed it, so they didn't really put the bow in it, but overall, this match uh, was a car wreck, which we kind of expected and was... Uh, little transition to get us to the main event. It went, it went way too long. 
way too fucking probably long, yeah man. we definitely did because at one point you're like there's gonna be 10 more minutes i'm like ah nah and then 10 minutes later you're like see and i was like oh, yeah yeah because they can't here's the thing they can't help themselves like no i just, agree they can't fucking like i i don't know tony khan from a hole in the wall i don't know him at all but i think based on what i've seen of him i would like to see more of like motherfucker hit your times like hit your times because some you you could tell that they were in trouble you and i noticed this right away because we work in production it was like match ended. Here's the next match card, and here goes the you know package. Yeah, Let's fucking go. It was yeah. just like it was so quick that it was just like they needed to make their times. And I, I didn't stay up for the main event, but I assume they they ended before twelve o'clock. They right? did. They finished I think around eleven, like probably like five minutes before. So I will say this because I well I'm also I'll say quickly on the main event because I know you didn't see it. This was probably the best standalone wrestling match of the night for me. Hey, man, the Adams did great and the chants were fucking A plus with the let's go Adam, Adam sucks and all that stuff. Like it was honestly fun and I was very happy to see the crowd was up for this, but um, and obviously, Hayman got the big one, which he expected. The show just ended with that. No surprises, no returns, nothing, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with because I did kind of some of the other stuff throughout the night. But um, this is always a tough thing because um, I'll usually make the argument that when a pay-per-view, like when you're paying for something, there's no really such thing as show is too long because, I mean, I'm paying 50 bucks for it. If it's four hours, then, yeah, I should get my money's worth. But, I mean, I was tired, so I do agree that this one probably went a little too long. And But to me, when I say the criticism for me is that, and you kind of hit on it before we hit on this, is a lot of the show felt like they were rushing stuff. And when I'm watching, like, WWE never feels like that. If anything, it feels like they drag their feet. But that's because they have so much more production and actual built-in transitions. And they understand how to present, like, an actual, like, finished product, where AEW just seems like, next, next. Like, you know what I mean? So... What I think they need to do is obviously the way they have like nine matches on the main card. Like that's a lot. And they kind of skip over the video package, which WWE kind of delves in. Cause it's those kind of those breather moments. I think AEW what they need to work on is just more of the pacing of the show, because I think that maybe it was overbooked. Sure. But maybe you start at seven instead and you have the buy-in at six. So that way, like instead of ending at uh, 11 55, you end at 10 55 or you can even push it like until 11. And then I don't think it would feel as bad, especially for those of us here on the East coast. But my big takeaway is that when I make the argument of show too long, it's more of like the pacing made it feel like that way because nothing really gets to breathe because everything's just kind of squished together. Yeah. It, it definitely felt like I was watching something in like a theater and like, next act and they just kind of brush it around and they move on. So yeah. it's, it's hard. Like you said, like some people took their fucking time, you know, like some people didn't, they got rushed. And I think the people that were rushed were the people that we didn't enjoy on, on, on Sunday night. So it's hard. It's definitely hard. And again, Adam page did a great job from the clips that I saw. But again, all I thought about like here and, and again, maybe this is a conversation for a different day, but I'm not saying they have done Adam page dirty. That's just not a fair assessment, but I feel like, when I watch this over and over and over again, I feel like there's just a non-committal thing to be like, this is the dude. This is the guy that built the show. Yeah. So uh, we kind of hit on this last week. My takeaway with him, and I still kind of feel like it, is that in this moment, I don't think we're going to truly appreciate his reign because it has. It's feel, it felt kind of like he hasn't been the focus and stuff. But I think when we look back at this and like, 
several years, and we look at the opponents that he went through and what they were at the time. When he beat, he still gave the first loss to Brian Danielson. He gave the first loss to Adam Cole. And as we continue to move forward, I think this is a ring that's going to age better because a lot of times when we go to grade this, like say five years down the road, we think about this and say we start watching back. You're just going to watch the moments and you're going to see, damn, all these matches have been a plus. Like his matches have delivered. The stories maybe haven't been as great in the lead up, but. I think this is something that's going to age a lot better because we're only going to be looking at the big moments and the big matches. So, um, yeah, I think in the moment, though, it's really hard to look at it and be like, oh, it's great. And especially because we probably think it'll be filler next. But I would think at some point, like CM Punk's going to get a chance at him. And who knows, maybe Moxley does because those guys are coming off big wins. But I am curious to see how they do this moving forward with him because, I mean, when he's in the ring and they let him wrestle, he delivers. Even the Lance Archer match, I didn't give a fuck about it. It was still a good match. Still a lot of fun. So... I mean, I think Hainman's doing his part. I think it's just that they kind of maybe have to shape his stories and like put more of an effort into his stuff as opposed to just relying that, oh, he's the champion, he's a good wrestler. Fair enough. Overall, one to ten, what do you got? I think like it's five or six for me. Really? Yeah. See, I, I'd, I'd be willing to go seven because I do think the highs were pretty high, and I don't think the downs were that terrible besides the women's championship match and maybe like the opener. But like you said, like they kind of, I feel like, I think you kind of hit it on the head. Even if something's kind of meh, they find a way to boost it up and be like, oh, Moxley Bryan, like shitty finish, but oh, William Regal, holy shit. So I do think that's one thing Khan does well is that he kind of like, you never really feel dissatisfied, even though I said this is compared to the last two pay-per-views. I don't think compares, but I think that could be unfair because those were awesome. But I mean, this is still good. So I'd go 6.5 or 7. 6.5? We're doing 0.5s now? We can do whatever the fuck we want, man. It is our show. It we can do six point two 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 three four nine seven. I don't know how to, to do the eighth pie. degree. Yeah, I eat pie. I'm gonna let that breathe. Hmm, who doesn't eat pie? You don't eat pie? Oh no, I love pie. Yeah, pie's delicious. Leave my front door open for pie and my back door open for sure. <laughs> can you smell? All right. On that right. note, we should get into the regular part of the show. Totally. You'll always, always be in the shy Nestlemania. Um. You know where I'm going to start. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Ricochet. I see Chip. This was fucking beautiful. And you know what else, WrestleMania? Not only did Ricochet win, and not only did Knoxville further the him and Sammy storyline, this match fucking ruled. Like, as, I mean, as expected, we're talking about two of the best between the ropes in the entire company, in the entire world, on the freaking planet. This match was awesome. Ricochet got the win. He heads to WrestleMania with the IC title. Sami Zayn didn't need it. And you know what? The big thing for me of why I really like this, not just because I'm a Ricochet mark, is that they use Johnny Knoxville the way you should be using celebrities. Because everyone was scared, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, Knoxville could win the IC title. And it's like, no. Instead, they use the IC title to further that story, but also for Knoxville to give a little boost to a current baby face. So to me, that's why this was done perfectly. I loved it. This was probably the best Rick. I think I tweeted it out, but this is the best Ricochet match I've seen Ricochet do on the main roster. It was, I saw flawless. you say that. Yeah. Flawless. I can't think you of remember this. Do you remember the styles matches for the U S title? So those back and forth. I remember those, those were really good. Those were really so I'd good. So I have to rewatch those. But here's the thing. Really. Here's the thing. I think those two matches, if I remember correctly from my noggin, is that there was like one incredible maneuver or one incredible finish, and we were like, that's fucking uh, awesome. Versus this match was like the entire way through, I went, wow. You know, and I think that's the difference maker for me. It's like, if you can if, if you can pop me once, great. If you can pop me several times in a match, that's where you've got me. And I think Sammy did a great job. Like you said, everything lined up perfectly. They had a great, like, stop following me, you know, like backstage. And then Johnny Knoxville was like, I broke my wee-wee. You know, it's like, whatever. And 
you know, they're wrestling at WrestleMania, and that's fine. Now, if Johnny Knoxville wins with some giant fucking foam hand that slaps Sammy across the head, we'll be okay with it because it won't be so bad. It'll be a break, and Sammy will do a great job with it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with yeah. it now. For I got, sure. I got yeah. my, my, my butt puckered up a little bit when he did win the IC championship because I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. I mean, we're probably just going to be, yeah. So we're probably going to get a fun, uh, some sort of multi-man ladder match or some shit at WrestleMania that, I mean, it's just going to be a blast. I think this is a win-win-win. Um, the other thing on SmackDown to me that was A-plus was, uh, you know, they kind of recapped the Pat McAfee stuff, which we can talk about the the interview with Vince, which I thought, I mean, we both watched it Frederick, from the second Vince walked on until he walked off. I thought that was incredible. And if you haven't, you should, because it really makes you understand and appreciate the way Vince is what he is. But it obviously, he gave McAfee a chance to compete at WrestleMania. They didn't announce the uh, opponent. We had a pretty good idea. And on SmackDown, we got it. And I thought Austin Theory cut the best promo of his career. And maybe that isn't a high bar because he hasn't really had a ton. But to me, like, this is what I've been waiting for from Theory is that he was a very good sidekick with the way. And he did a lot of great character work there. But now he's, since he's been on his own, obviously they've had the Vince crutch with him. It's been more about what he does in the ring and then like the selfies. Not so much the art of the promo. But I thought Theory, this coming out and having his moment and telling McAfee that he's the opponent was an A-plus promo from Austin Theory. And this is what I was waiting for to confirm to me what we already thought. This guy can be the next big star. I thought he proved it. This is a great chance for him at WrestleMania. This is an awesome moment for McAfee. Um, We saw McAfee and Cole go at it, and McAfee delivered and really made Adam Cole look great, and Cole made him look great. I would expect more of the same with Theory, but I'm curious your take because I legit, I I was blown away by Theory in this segment. I mean, Theory, I think we've already talked about it. He's like the guy in the next couple of years. We know that that's a big deal for him, for McMahon to give him the seal of approval and all that other stuff. I'm excited because I think there is a real possibility. Obviously, we think that McAfee will probably win. But I also believe sometimes that McAfee might actually let Austin Theory beat him because I think there's more money in Pat McAfee sitting at that desk going, that motherfucker beat me. That motherfucker beat me. That motherfucker I also don't like McAfee. I think if you ask him, I don't think he gives a fuck no. about the win, man. Like, he's going to tweet about it. Like, he said, he's like, I can't wait to put WrestleMania, undefeated WrestleMania in my bio. But, like, I mean, whether he theory gets the win or not, he is going to put this kid over. And like, just like he did with the Adam Cole, like, this is just... This is going to be great. And honestly, like we talk about these random celebrity matches, I'm actually really looking forward to this one because it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, very quickly too, because we can talk about it in the heat if you want, but I mean, Austin Theory had a big fucking weekend in general. So I think like he's a star. Oh yeah, he challenged Brock Lesnar at MSG in that uh, the match that, you know, everyone was hot and bothered about. And then obviously on Raw, he had, an, I mean, him and Finn Balor have fought a few times and they've all delivered. Obviously it ended a little schmozzy, but Theory got his shit in by beating the piss out of Balor after the match, taking about a million great selfies. So yeah, I mean, Austin Theory, this kid's just walking on water right now. He's been great. But to me, that promo really, it definitively sold me on what I already kind of knew, but I needed to see it. And he saw it and he gave it to us. So I, I love that. Fair enough. What else do you got? Um, well, we can go to Raw now because the first 45 minutes of Raw was dedicated to the tag team division and oh, Nestlemania. I was getting some flashes on this one, baby, because that triple threat tag match was super hot fire. Obviously, we have uh, new tag team champions. I was beginning to think we might possibly get them because having RK Bro holding them in the Mania would be cool. I still think the Alpha Academy will probably be involved with them as long as they don't do title for title matches or whatever. Um, this was a good way to kind of get KO and Seth away from the tag 
tag division and send them their separate ways, which I kind of thought we were heading to all along. But I mean, WrestleMania, this match. Ooh. And now imagine if we got another triple threat at Mania instead of uh, Seth and KO, it's the Street Profits. Oh, daddy going to need some water because it's going to be hot, baby. I, I was surprised how, like, again, didn't get to watch Raw right away because I was doing other things. And then everybody was, you know, raving about that. And I couldn't believe the first 45 minutes was this entire thing with, like, the promos before, then after, and everything. And, like, but we talked about this. This this was, like, a central focus point for so many things to spin off, off, you know, to WrestleMania for the next four weeks. So they did a great job. I felt it before when they interviewed RK, uh, RK Bro backstage with KP. They come out. They have that incredible match. A lot of great RKOs that flip the into the RKO. Oh, the moonsault into the RKO. That Mwah. that might be top five, right? Like we, you know, we think about the others that are amazing, but you know, that's probably in the top five. And then, like the thing that really made me excited was seeing how excited Randy was in that end of that promo. He's like, "I'm going to use the F word. I'm going to say friend," but he sold it in such a way that it felt so organic, and you believed him. He's like, "I'm having the time of my life. This guy's my friend." And it's like, okay, if, if they turn on each other at some point, great. Now I'm invested on it. Like, not like, hey, Randy, I'm just a pain in your ass. It's like, okay, he had mentioned this guy was his friend. So now if there is some type of split at any point, JC, now yes. it feels personal. Now it feels it, like he's he's invested enough and still pissed off. So for me, I don't know. I, I just, I'm excited by this entire thing. I really loved how it split into KO and, you know, and, and yes, Seth Rollins. Yes. Just both going their separate ways, being like, Hello, you know, they don't know what to do. They just kind of stared off in the distance. And then, of course, KO had his epiphany. I'm trying to, you know. We're trying. So it is as as we're recording uh, yeah. behind the scenes, they announced that Stone Cold would address Kevin's uh, challenge at noon. It is currently 12.03 and nothing has broke yet. But we can begin to talk about it now because hopefully we get this as we do. Uh, KO said, I'm doing a KO show at Mania. And what I loved about this promo is he ran through all the shit we didn't want to see. Right off the bat, JBL, get the fuck out of here. Thank God. Booker T, you know how many times we've done that shit? Get out of here. The Harlem Heat line fucking killed me when he's like, Texas, you boy at Harlem Heat Taxi forever. You don't care. And then I believe he did HBK last because that was me beginning to think like, man, if they do a backup, if Stone Cold doesn't want to do something or whatever, like I felt like it would be HBK. They threw it out. The only one they didn't rule out, which scares me a little bit, is like The Undertaker. So I don't know if him and he's going to come out with Austin or whatever. But it just it sure seems like they've gotten Stone Cold to agree to do something. It appears to just be a talk segment, which, you know, talked about this last week. Like, give me the greatest hits, man. I'm coming. I'll give me a hell yeah, stunner. Throw some beer on him. Just beat up KO. If they want to do a quick impromptu squash like they did uh, with uh, Rowan and The Rock a few years ago, something like that. Just like, I mean, this is when he started hinting at this is what we all wanted. And I'm glad they eliminated all like the ones we didn't want to see. And now hopefully, I mean, I'm still refreshing Twitter here and uh Still nothing. I see our boy Ray just tweeted refreshing Twitter for the Stone Cold news, and he has all the phones out. So we're trying to get here, but I mean, I thought this this was a great setup. I will say this much: I appreciated the, you know it being a big moment at the end there with him laying out you know the whole situation, which I agree with, which was funny because he's great at what he does. But here's the other thing too: there were a lot of people, and I think our boy TJ in the thread said something about how people are pissed off that it's not a match or that it's going to be a talking segment and all this other stuff. The one thing that that came to mind to me was like. If it's a talking segment, they can go longer, right? Like, 
You can also do whatever the fuck yeah. they want with it. But like, Stone Cold, like, like, clearly, I, I doubt he wants to come back and actually wrestle. Right. And I think, so it's like selling it as a match would be disingenuous. So I think the nail on the head would be just sell it as a segment and then it can get physical. I mean, Owen's pretty much hinted at getting physical. We know if Stone Cold comes out, someone's getting stunned and it's going to be KO. And he's probably going to get beer tossed on him. That's all we want to see, anyways. Well, oh, this is what we want from a Stone Cold appearance. We want that glass break, him coming out, the done, the, the, like, oh, fucking fired up, the like, give me a hell yes, yeah, the what? Like, the fucking greatest hits. The greatest hits is all we need. Yeah, and make sure you almost trip out of the middle rope when you walk in. He does that every time. <laughs> it is back foot. Every time my buddy Trav would always say, watch that back foot when Austin gets in there. He's like so close to tripping. Uh, but no, but you're right. I And I look at it this way. It's like he's in a matchup. You're going you're gonna to sit there and go, he tarnished his legacy. He tarnished his legacy if he had a match. And yeah. so you're going to be fickle one way or the other. It doesn't really make any sense to me. So, I like, again, we're getting a shit ton of matches in two days. This, this will breathe. This will 100%. give somebody a second. Like, you're going to get a full Stone Cold entrance. It's going to be four minutes long. You're going to get KO, making fun of a lot of people. I would imagine there's a brawl in the crowd or, like, something. You know, like, you can do a lot more with it. And all you want is that stunner glass break, and you're good. Like, I, I just... I don't know. I, I think people are romanticizing a little too much about well, this people entire are, people, are, people are dumb. They, like, get everything. That's why, like, I mean, someone tweeted this, and I thought it was true. You notice on Revolution Day that none of these quote-unquote fucking journalists and insiders, they didn't fucking tweet anything. But if for WWE shows, they try to spoil things. Like, they're the ones who said Vince is going to wrestle theory. Yeah, Ron, we know that. But it's just, like, there's an agenda on the internet and like some people just buy into it and it gets them mad, which is the whole purpose of what these fucking uncle Dave's and these idiots are trying to do is get you mad and like expect like, Oh, stone cold's coming back, like leaking it out there. They're like, all that's going to do is cause a shit storm. So it's one of those things. Like that's why I try not to buy into stuff. I'm obviously aware of the things that populate on the internet and these fucking morons say, but it's like, you can't get yourself so enthralled in it. Cause you're doing yourself a disservice. Like let some of this shit play out. You can speculate all you want. Cause it's fun. We, I mean, our podcast is literally speculation, so we're fucking throwing ideas out left and right, trying to figure out what's going on. I was like with you guys, um, but yeah, I mean, they clearly lied. There's nothing here at noon, so we're gonna continue to keep an eye on this for sure. But the other half of this is Seth Rollins. Obviously, he didn't have a segment at the end, but hashtag JC's hopes come true. WrestleMania still on the table. Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, because unless if like a Lashley comes back and they do that, which I don't think that does much for anyone, like. There's no, like, logical, obvious opponent for Seth. So, to me, it's just leaving that door open. And, obviously, Seth, like, had also had the same first promo as KO where he said nothing. I would assume we'll get more on Seth next week. But I'm curious what your take or your prediction would be for Seth at this point. I'm going to still hold out hopes for Cody Rhodes. Even if Seth comes out at WrestleMania and does an open challenge and they save it for there or whatever. But I don't know. I just I don't see another logical opponent. Do you? I don't. I really, really don't. And I'm wondering how much more it's going to go. You know, is it Cody Rhodes? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll definitely, by the way, the video came out. It's two minutes, just to let you know. Okay. God damn it. Are we going to have to try to watch this shit? I, can, I don't think for some reason my phone's going to queue it up the right way. So, I mean, you might be able to see it. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. It's hard to, it, I'm sure, it, basically the, the only thing, it was like, it was this video that's like a movie trailer. It's like him in the desert saying, basically the only thing you need to know is Stone Cold is going to whip open the last can of whoop ass on, you know, like one last can of whoop ass on, on you know what I mean? So, so we're assuming that he has, he has accepted it and will be there. Yes. So there, there, boom, there we go. But so he does say, can... so here's the thing. He says one last can of whoop ass. So I'm sure that leads enough speculation there, folks. For people oh, that's to, gonna get the people hot and bothered. You know what I mean? So I mean, <laughs> but here's the generic kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It's just it's hard. 
it you know it is smoke and mirrors right like it is yeah it really no is. and honestly i think that's kind of like the part of it like i know like ray ray's been giving me shit all on week because i gave out one scenario or maybe they didn't blow the surprise till then and they kind of they kind of middled that by like having the talk segment and you're gonna get the big pop and everything but it was just trying like the cool thing about this is that it not being a match leaves it open for so many avenues and a lot of fun and it's gonna be a lot of like you said smoke and mirrors with it and i think that's exciting because that way in the crowd it's like yeah now you know he's gonna be there so you can be excited for it you can wear your stone cold gear but you don't know what's gonna play out we assume it'll just be the greatest hits but i just i like that they're still kind of hinting that maybe it could be a short little match or whatever like impromptu but i think it's just it's it's exciting because i mean the minute ko started doing this stunner nestlemania what was it like two three years ago this seemed like the end game and seemed like a ton of fun and, and, and inevitable at some point as long as uh, steve was willing to do it so yeah this is fun ko just signed that new shiny contract he's gonna have a big moment at wrestlemania so yeah, yeah, this is, we're full speed ahead on that. Um, that obviously was shine worthy. Yeah, we're still in the shine WrestleMania. The last little piece of shine I have from this week was uh, I really like seeing Braun Breaker on Raw because I like that they're starting to do this with some of their NXT. We're getting some of the crossover again just to kind of wet people's appetites. And I thought Braun. I mean, like, you, you see it with him, man. You see it. It's just like, this is a guy who is a star. He's going to be an even bigger star. He's As he continues to kind of polish himself off, he's going to be bigger and better. They win the tag match. But if this was people's first time seeing Braun, I'm sure they were impressed because he really is one of those larger-than-life characters. Yeah, I, I agree. He's definitely – the thing is, I, I think they piped in the, the cheering with his music, which I was like, mm, you know, but – they do that with everything. They do with everybody the time, now, it feels so like, it yeah. is what it is. But he did a great job. You know, he does what he does. It's, just, it's hard because you look at it and you go, okay, he's Braun Breaker. I will say that I think a lot of people look at him and they're like, he looks like a million dollars, but those singlets don't translate to the rest of the crowd. Like he looked like, better than Champa did on NXT last week. I know. Champa I did ridiculous. love that, though. That was such a cool, cool thing. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think he's a superstar. It's just you got to pace him because he's – yeah, he needs a lot. But this of was work. like a nice little like wedding of the appetite because unfortunately, and I think it kind of he call find a call kind of falls into the Jade category when he does get called up. It's probably going to be too soon, and how they could do it after WrestleMania for all we know. But it's just like it's it's one of those things like we're gonna have to get comfortable with learning on the fly with him because he is that second generation and he has, I mean, obviously like he has all gonna have a lot of his daddy in him, but he definitely has a lot of his uncle too, and that's why he's so larger than life, man. So. <laughs> It's just, I'm excited for it because, I mean, I'm a Steiner guy, so. Yeah. Oh, baby! Is that it? You're all good? That's all I got. I don't all know right. if you have more. Let's get into the heat. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Here we go, folks. In rapid succession. Uh, well, we go over to SmackDown very quickly, and it's uh, Naomi versus Carmella. Carmella jobber alert because nobody fucking cares about that. Whatever. Then we have yep. Happy Corbin backstage playing poker with the four dogs at the table, and they make a, you know, a poop joke. Yeah, okay, Loch Ness Monster shit joke, hilarious. Then, of course, here's the thing that bothered me about that was that Drew should have thrown the, the sword and it should have hit the dartboard. I think that would have been far more impressive and far more fun. You know, like, you know that, oh, boy, that movie. Kind of, they, they shoot movies, essentially. Let's do it. Like, let's do it the right way. But anyway, is what it is. Mac makes quick, uh, qua uh, quick quack. It's easy for me to say. Quick quack. Uh, quick quack work <laughs> of uh, gender. gender. Again, Once he was hindered. He was hindered. He was absolutely hindered in less yeah. than three minutes or less. And uh, your gender is free. Then we get on to the other thing. There's the other stuff. Excuse me. <laughs> I can't even talk anymore. But again, it's like the Usos beat the Raiders. Now fucking what? Right? Like we can have a multi-man match there. Or is there a new tag team? Probably. You know, like, what do they have? They beat up Nakamura and Boogs. You got fucking Lotharios hanging around. Yeah. You have uh, fucking New Day back in the mix. They 
They might have even teased someone else. I can't even keep track. And then we have Sheamus and Ridge going to be in a tag match because the, yeah, AT- that's the, other team. the yeah. ATV, the ATV with the New Day, it's like, he bought him that. Now he destroyed it. It's like, we're hold on. We had two amazing black champions and they're fucking wrestling at WrestleMania for the destruction of their ATV. Like, what the fuck? Like, when I watched it, I went, not even six months ago. I know. It's not so- even six months ago. It's like the Kofi, like whatever, like Kofi's always was going to be an up and down guy and he's always involved in like stuff, but like the biggie one, it hurts, man. It honestly, it hurts. And reading some of the things he said, you can tell it hurts him too, because he had wanted to do so much more. And I just really hope he gets another opportunity at some point. Cause man, like he was on his way. He just needed, he just needed the company to back him up. Like he did his part with all the appearances and it, man, it hurts. It hurts. And finally, uh, you know, they're they're building the Ronda hot mama against uh, Charlotte. I've never tapped out. And then you're going to laugh here because there's oh my a God. couple instances. She's tapped out like four or five times. Like Sasha twice. She's tapped out to Becky. I think she's tapped out to Asuka. God, like, stop it. Like, come on, guys. Like, if you're going to try to do shit like that, like. <sighs> it's not good. I don't have anything. Upset. It's not good. Uh, it's just not good. And then, of course, we're going to go over to Raw where, uh, you know, Tamina, jobber alert. You know, what is what it is. And she lost to Dana because, you know, she's not your enemy. Great way to cool the crowd down after 45 minutes of glory with that tag team well, stuff. Well, then, then, then I thought this was erroneously terrible as well with the Miz TV and Logan Paul parading out with the fucking Jerry Lawler. Like, I was sitting here going, why is this a thing? None they of literally did it so Miz could turn on the Cleveland crowd. And then, I mean, the, the only good thing to come from the segment is uh, Miz tweeted out a LeBron gif, like, like whatever. Yeah. But it's just like, I know what they were trying to do, but it didn't work mainly because Jerry Lawler fucking sucks. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. I'm stealing Nestle's gimmick because get that fucking piece of garbage off my TV. Also something that I thought was odd is um, Omos had a, a beating up of uh, Paulo Cruz. There was a stare down right there where, you know, your boy uh, Guthrie is going to be all chubby. There's your WrestleMania pre-show match. Oh, Omos boy. and Aziz. I mean, Hey, look, I will say what I did like is that they literally listed off everyone Omos has beaten since WrestleMania pretty much. And he's just adding people to the list, which I'm cool with, but it just like, it sure feels like they don't know what to do with Omos, which just continues to confirm my guess was that it was going to be him and Shane. It just, I just, I don't know. Poor Apollo too. Cause Apollo, that gimmick was so good. Last year, only last pretty, year. Pretty good rain. Yeah. And it's just, but I mean, here's what it is, man. Uh, and then we have two things that I, well, I'll leave one away. Cause I think I'm going to use it for my hope, but uh, you, you talked about most of this other stuff. Uh, the last thing is Rhea and Liv, uh, they left a one tag team to become another tag team, and they're now somehow shoehorned into this fucking shoehorn mania. And I, it's a triple threat match because everybody needs to get in the goddamn car. Well, let me, I will say this. I will no, say this. No, don't defend this. this. No, no, don't no, defend I, this. I, no, I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you why this happens because this is, they have to shoehorn them in because Rhea and Liv have had too good a year and have been two biggest stars to be left off the card. So it's like, oh, we'll put them in like a singles matches. Well, then all you fucking virgins on WrestleMania are going to complain, this show's too long. There's too many matches. So they found a way to put two of the biggest baby faces and popular women who have had a great year and deserve to be on the card into a match that was already kind of fluged together and you still complain. So there's no making any anybody happy. So yeah, whatever. It's random, whatever. I'm just glad these two will be on WrestleMania they'll get to do the WrestleMania gear, have a WrestleMania int- int- intro, WrestleMania match. Like, it is what it is, man. Whatever. I, like, it's, this doesn't bother me at all. It's just like, no matter what happened, you're going to complain because either too many matches or the man shoehorn is like, whatever, dude. Whatever. They had to be on the show. And, I mean, who knows if they even have a battle royal. If they do, it would probably be on the pre-show. These ones at least hopefully will be on the main card. So good for them. 
I just I look at it like this match can't be more than ten minutes. Like with entrance. I mean, it probably be, won't be. It's a women's match, and do you know how they treat they women's fucking, matches? They, if it's not the main event, they just fucking cut 100%. it. Hundred percent. It, it yes. sucks. It fucking sucks because it's just like there's so. Well, I will say this right now is the only women's match on night two, and it also has Sasha Banks in it. So there's a chance that they give it a little. But my guess is this one's probably going to be like pedal to the metal, get all your shit and get out. Speaking of pedal to the metal, we've exhausted a lot of our options. It's now time to get hopeful. Glorious! You are my only hope. Go first, because uh, you're teasing, and I'm assuming I know where you're going. Uh, so I was very in, in, interested in this whole Edge thing, right? So this is where my hope is here. Edge, again, I talked about previously in this conversation uh, earlier in the Jobberknocker podcast, that I really appreciate people who you know evolve and have an evolution to their character. They did 30 seconds of, you think you know me, and then they just did the purple light and the black darkness, and he's like, I cracked open my head, I have a new place in my brain, and I'm a new person, and this whole thing... I look at this like, here's my biggest hope. It, and here's the other thing, JC. This is this is really the news flash for me. You notice with this new character, this new character with, with Edge, his promo was like three minutes. I was so excited. All it took was him turning heel, right? baby. Three minutes. And I went, this is the Edge I want. So here's my hope. I think that this is the biggest gamble of his career because we know he's the best of the best. We know that he's the Hall of Famer. We know he can just go out and do the Rolling Stone best of hits of Edge and everybody will love it because he's Edge. But here's my hope here. I want Edge to really dive deep here. I want him to either not have music. I want him to either change his music. I want him to change his look up. I like that he had the ponytail in the back. I want everything about Edge to change. What we know. I think that's where we're headed. And I honestly think if this is where I'm thinking it's going to go, I foresee Edge winning the WWE or the Universal Championship at some point. Because I think we've gotten past the nostalgia. We've gotten past the, hey, it's wonderful to see you again. Now we're in the crux of what we want to see. And I think this Edge should win the WWE or Universal Championship because this Edge, from what I even got a little bit out of, folks, I am seeing somebody that is hopefully not the rated R superstar. I just want someone deranged. I want somebody that's willing to go a different route. I don't want to see any version of Edge I've already seen. I want to see this be something just so different because we've talked about Roman Reigns a bunch, right? Saying how like the tribal chief, like that run will stay in our brains forever. I think this has the potential as someone that gives a lot of shit to Edge. This has the potential for me from a character standpoint alone to make me go, oh, yeah, like this is a dark place. This is a very, and he could be a darker character because he can allow himself to be that. So I think I'm very excited about it. And give him the strap. Give him the rocket, baby. I'm ready. I'm in. That's my wow. hope. Wow. Nestle, pro edge for the first time in a long time. I yeah. like it. I like it. Well, you know what? You hinted on like a, you hit on something big there and it got me going. Nostalgia. Well, there's another someone who's kind of on like a similar journey, but in the other company. That's CM Punk with the nostalgia. He obviously got that big win over MJF, and it appears that MJF and Wardlow at that MJF's jumping on that rocket shit, rocket ship. Jesus, no, it's rocket shit. No, it's not. Ward, everything, rocket this shit. This is war. Is the best thing in the world ever. Greatest superstar of all time. Love him. Um, but yeah, they're they're kind of going on their way, and you know maybe we have like a little reference. But if we do do an MJF Punk Part Three, I don't think it's now. So that does leave you. Where does Punk go? And for me, I said it kind of makes sense for him to get on that in that title chase. But it's like, obviously, if they do Punk Hangman, that sure feels like it's the main event of a pay-per-view, which is until May. So we've kind of hinted at it with Punk about for him to really get where he needs to go, he needs to turn heel. So how do you do it? Well, we know Hangman's pretty beloved, and he's probably going to have some filler thing here, but 
we need to set up CM Punk coming out to beat the living fuck out of this man and really do it. And like maybe as a promo or something to set after, like he can do his promos afterwards about it, but it's just, we have to transition Punk into like, you know, getting appreciated. Maybe it is like, he's been so beaten by this and he starts like little by little, like the next month or so to really kind of like, change and you kind of see it with him getting more violent and him becoming more impatient because he has come back and been pretty impatient of not asking for a title shot and we know punk loves his fucking glory so we know we're headed there so my hope is that we get to punk hangman for the next big aw pay-per-view which i believe is in may it's double or nothing but we're gonna need some seminal moments and one is going to be like say maybe they run back adam page versus brian cage which was a fantastic match last year we haven't seen brian cage like pretty much in a long time but i can see them maybe he just picked up his option he's there you're paying him might as well use him we know those two can go maybe that's like a filler match somewhere in between but once that match ends i want cm punk to come out and give Hey man, the beating of his life to set this shit up. And then I want him to come out the next week, sit in that fucking rain and fucking do what he does best. Be an asshole. It's time for CM Punk to be the asshole for him to get to that championship picture, which I think now makes sense. It's time for him to be an asshole. It could be another person that could really help really solidify this Hayman reign, or he could be the one that ends the Hayman raid. So uh, I'm ready for it. So we saw it with Edge and you hit on it with your hope and look at how much happy it made you. I definitely have punk babyface fatigue. So much like we kind of had Edge babyface fatigue. So let's do it, baby. Let's work towards it. We're on the road to it. Let's fucking get this shit. Vroom, vroom, vroom. The full gear, but we're gonna do it before full gear and do it at double or nothing because my chips are on the table. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. CM Punk, heel time, baby. Give it to me. All right, now it's time. Don't call it a comeback. I'm giving it to a man on Friday night rampage because I was floored because everybody was talking about this triple threat match. Obviously, the participants were Darby Allen and Sammy, who apparently just got a tattoo of Ty. They both got a tattoo. I don't know if you saw that on the Twitter thread. It's gonna be awkward when they break up. That's what uh, our boy Ray Ray said. I, th- I don't even think it's real, personally. But if it is, good for them, I guess. Uh, anyway, so uh, the, to me, I'm giving it to Andrade. I thought this dude was head and shoulders above the rest. This guy put the glue together, was absolutely just killing it in terms of just the amount of effort, the amount of action, the amount of everything he was doing was crisp, and it was just so much better than the other two, I thought. And I I was sitting there thinking, I said this to you the other day, JC, it, it's like some people just go to finishing school and they know how to get there. When I watched that triple threat, as much as that amazing triple threat was on Friday Night Rampage, go back and watch it, Andrade is just better than both of them. He's just better, and he's he's so good at it, and I think he can only help the other people because even in that six-man tag on Sunday, he was the best part of that fucking thing, too. I mean, you can say Sting or whatever, whatever, you know, jumped off the fucking thing, but CN was holding that glue together. So for me, I think CN had... I CN, I'm sorry, he's not 100 anymore. Andrade, Alidolo, was an amazing, amazing get for AEW. They should be doing way more with him because that guy is just... Ugh, I, can't, I can't speak volumes of how much I love this guy. I love him. I think he's, he's, he's must-watch television. Paul, who's hornier for Andrade? Nestlemania or Charlotte Flair? I mean, she's already there. <laughs> so she's probably already had it. So oh, she gets to be all of there. She gets to be all of there. You so just I, get to think about it. Yes, exactly. So probably me. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I'm not. I there. like it. I'm not there. I like it. This was. Uh, I think Andrade finally is getting a chance to kind of. 
really ascend a little bit in AEW. Hopefully they don't cap it off and they give him a chance because I agree. I agree. Uh, my comeback though, WrestleMania is for a debut on Revolution. A man who signed his contract, which uh, Skiavone freaking gave it away by turning the paper towards the camera before he even announced it. And that is our boy Swerve Strickland, officially signing with AEW Revolution. This is a guy that won me over the more and more I saw him in NXT. And then obviously Hit Row was a fucking rocket ship and just, uh, yeah, that just ended. But I mean, Swerve has incredible talent. In the ropes, I always knew he could go, but I started to see some character. I loved his North American Championship run, even though he never really defended it. Like, he just, his promos, I thought were top match, top notch. Um, and there are a ton of matches for him in AEW, and I do think he is a guy that can kind of, like, they sign so many guys, and a lot of them get, like, that quick push and then fall away. I think Swerve's the guy that can kind of keep himself relevant, for sure, just because of his in-ring work, and he is such a cool character. And I think he's someone in AEW who kind of has that crossover appeal, which a lot of them don't because he does have the music thing. That is a real thing for him. So there's a lot of different avenues for him to make himself relevant in a star. So I'm excited for him. Thrilled to see him get a chance. He's one of the guys, obviously, anytime someone gets released from WWE, they're the top guys on the market. They're always a candidate for AEW. But this is one that I had starred and circled. So I'm glad he's there. Do you think that he's he being Tony Khan, pronouns, pal, do you think uh, Tony Khan has almost all of 205 Live? It feels like it, right? Like with the exception well, he said Tony, Tony Nese. I've never seen him wrestle on TV. Yeah, and exactly. yeah, uh, I don't, I, I mean, and yeah, if not, they made an appearance. I believe even Davari like made some appearances. Yeah. I don't know if he signed. So yeah, he has a lot of them. I mean, it's literally like someone said, it's like, yeah, people wanted the OG NXT. Just watch Wednesday nights. Cause that's pretty much like it's a two Oh five live NXT combo. And it's, it's not wrong. It's not wrong at all, but Hey, you know, they, what could, it is, they could have a cruiserweight title. Who knows? We'll find out. They could, they have, they have plenty. I, I think the trios title will arrive first. And Khan kind of said that he's kind of waiting for Kenny to come back to do that. So maybe that's the next big pay-per-view is so a, we know Kenny's winning first. That's well, it's the Kenny and the Bucks versus Cole and Red Dragon yeah, makes yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But WrestleMania, we're going to get to the big old finish. And on SmackDown this week, we have Sasha v. Zelina because, of course, we had the other one last week. And then we had New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares nope. about either of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what's on Raw because I don't know if they announced anything. So we'll skip over that. But uh, next week, I mean, not next week, tonight, Tuesday, if you're listening after, too bad. Uh, Stand and Deliver is uh, the name of the pay-per-view before WrestleMania. But tonight is the roadblock to Stand and Deliver. And this card is actually pretty fucking fire. Uh, you have the Imperium defending their tag team titles against the Creed Brothers. As much as, you know, we shit on the Creed Brothers WrestleMania, this match is going to be a fucking ball to watch. I mean, it's exciting. You know, it's going to be one of those things where you're like, hey, let, you know, let's see a car crash. So, I mean, yeah. that, you know, that's why you tune in. Yep. Next up, we have another one, which uh, seems like a payoff between LA Knight and Grayson Waller. Last man standing. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know how I feel yeah. about both these guys. So, yeah. I'm excited. Let me talk to you. Yeah. I think LA Knight wins, though. I think no, he's the no, one. No, 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 no. Really? Uh, yeah. That, okay. that, that The big stooge is going to help him, right? You would think so, but I would, and I'll, you know, we can see. I'll, I'll stick with Knight, but I mean, I love that uh, both guys have a chance. Then we have uh, Nikita Lyons coming on to lashing out with Lash Legend, who kind of called her out. Uh, this is kind of the internet feud, baby. This is what the people wanted. Yeah, the people really wanted Lash. Okay. they. I mean, they do. The comparisons are there in WrestleMania because, uh, you know. Well, the, I'm, the big, I'm on the, the wrong timelines time then. I'm on the wrong timelines yeah. because she needs a lot of work. It definitely does, but I mean, I think... Uh, 
I think this is a good chance for Nikita to really show what she can do. I, on the, so. on I, top I fell in love with that one. I, I just, I, I mean, yeah, I think the entire the rest of the world did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she line. split on everyone's faces. So yeah. everyone's all in for that. We also have, I believe the dusty cup semifinals are tonight as well. Cora and Raquel taking on Dakota and Chu, my fucking favorite team. Crazy lazy. Uh, like crazy. Boy, lazy. West, West loves it. They mentioned it last week and I love it as well. Uh, then we have EO Shirai and Kaylee Ray taking on Casey and Caden. I am going to pick Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu and Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Give we it already, to me. We already said that was a thing. I Here's the thing. I love Io Shirai and I love Kaylee Ray. I think they're great. But I would have, I thought that having Cora and Raquel and Crazy Lazy at the finals yeah. for me would have been like, because then you can tap into. I mean, well, so here's my theory. Here's my theory is that I think I don't think they expected Crazy Lazy to get over as much as it has. I think the plans were probably Cora and Raquel versus Kaylee and Io. But I think I I'm counting on them to pull the switcheroo now because I just think like the team that they thought was going to be everyone's favorite, Cora and Raquel. I mean, Wendy and Dakota has just been such magic, man. Like, call an audible. You have to do it. I don't even know how they could at this point, but I agree. It's it's something special because there's more there's more meat on the bone there. I don't know. I just. I'm not going to be excited when Raquel and Cora win. I'd rather care if sleep, you know, crazy sleepy or you know, crazy lazy baby. Whatever the hell they are, she's sleepy. Whatever. Crazy it's the lazy. best. Ah. And then we have WrestleMania, the main event, the NXT Championship Triple Threat match: Braun Breaker, Dolph Ziggler, and Tommaso Ciampa. I'm assuming Breaker is retaining because I would be stunned if he is not defending that bad boy the night before WrestleMania or whenever it is. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 unbreakable. No pun intended. Like he's just. I'm assuming he pins Champa, and then maybe we get him and Dolph the night before WrestleMania because I don't think Dolph has a WrestleMania date, but who knows? Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assessment. I think Dolph Ziggler is going to be there for a while, so you might as well get as much milk as you can. That's NXT. Looking forward to that. And now we're going to hit on Wednesday, and that is Dynamite. We have a TNT title match between Sammy Guevara Sammy and Scorpio Lord. Sky, who's won a million matches in a row and finally getting his title shot. The winner will face Wardlow in a couple weeks. Uh, WrestleMania, I really thought Sky would be the one to take it off Sammy. Um, and maybe they do Scorpio Wardlow, but I feel like this feels like a Sammy retain now. So here's the thing, right? If Scorpio wins, right, are you more excited for Wardlow to win? I feel like that's a case, right? But if you get Sammy, get a victory over Scorpio, and you have Sammy get annihilated by Wardlow, there's going to be a portion of the audience that goes, well, this isn't, he's not my guy. Fuck that. And uh, you have a chance to really screw up here with Wardlow. So, I mean, I, I'm going to well, say. That's, that, that's, you know, I think that the one thing with this is you're assuming that Wardlow's actually going to win when he does this. Uh, they could easily do it where fucking MJF, like, you know, because he obviously did the promo before Wardlow turned and being like, oh, this is your moment, buddy. MJF and Spears could obviously fucking cost him against Sammy. And then I could just set up MJF Wardlow at the next pay-per-view before we head to the titles. Or they could do it. So it's just it's kind of, I think maybe they'll tip their hand a little bit of how they do it depending who wins. Because I do agree. Wardlow pinning a heel would be a lot better. So maybe regardless, Scorpio wins because then maybe he holds it until Wardlow's ready for it. But I don't know. It just, to me, it doesn't feel like they're going to do it. I, here's the other thing, too, is that they went and they had that throwaway line months ago where he said, it states here, you work for me, not AEW. And if you win something like the TNT Championship, I'm going to take it from you and it's going to be mine. So I think, like, that throwaway line is not a throwaway line. I think it's either red no. herring or it's, you know, basis for the entire feud. So I don't see that happening at all. I well, really that's don't. why they literally, on Dynamite last week, they changed it. And when they had the him and Spears, like, to calm them down, being like, hey, buddy, just want to let you know that if you win it, we're going to let you have it. So I think it's, I love that they muddied the water a lot because you remember what you're 
referencing a month ago, but they also said the complete opposite this past week. So I just love that there's so many factors going into it. I think it's it's the best. Honestly, I think it is the best story going forward. By it is 100%. 100%. 100%. It's amazing that MJF was part of two of the best stories at the same time. Yep. Fucking stud. Next up, we have the number one contender match or the contenders elimination match, whatever the fuck they call them. Thunder Rosa versus Layla Hirsch. Winner faces Britt Baker. Um, they didn't announce it, but I would assume in San Antonio because I assume Thunder Rosa is going to win. Thunder Rosa for the win and the block. Moving on. Yeah, that's all I think that's booked as of now. They have a Jericho segment with Kinston announced, some other bullshit. But uh, yeah, I think that's all we need to talk about. Well, I think that's everything. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. Ray wants you to say basically that he was right. I don't know what you mean. So this is my problem with Ray because I normally don't answer trolls on the internet, but I had we did an hour and a half post-game show on Sunday, so I decided to go back and forth with Ray. When we talked about all this stuff last week, we were just throwing out scenarios like we always do, and I'm like, what if we do? they do this scenario and this scenario? And so he took that and to fucking come at me like a dude. But here's the thing. My scenario pretty much is playing out like it did, except for it just wasn't the surprise part. He's focused on that, but I said, like, what if they just do a talk segment? You know what I mean? So it was just we were kind of hitting on all things. So, you know, Ray can do whatever he wants, but anytime you put a hundred percent on something, you know, I'm going to respond because there are very few things, unless there's literal fact that can be a hundred percent wrong. So, you know, that's why, that's why I went back at him because I was like, you know what? I'm at work for another hour because fucking Jalen and Tatum ain't going to come out until I have after the game. This is a big game. We're on a Sunday. There's no shows after us. We're going to end up going on the show as we did. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just get my Twitter fingers to get me get me home because if not, I'm just going to be sitting here bored as hell. So you know what, Ray? I got two words for you. Suck it. Wow. Yeah. A feud I didn't know I wanted. Well, no, no. Here's the, so here's the other thing with Ray. I'm glad this finally happened because he can stop crying on the internet that Thunder Rosa didn't win the title. Oh, my God. How can you defend? How did Thunder Rosa not win? Where? Where? My favorite wrestler didn't win a match. Cry about it, Ray. Cry about it. She, hey, how are you going to feel if she wins it in front of a home crowd in two weeks? Then you're going to look like the asshole because then they clearly had a plan for it. You know, he just... I love Ray. Ray's my guy. No, 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 no. Don't back guy. down. Don't we back agree down. with so much. Don't back down. We agree with so much no, no, with no, the no, Corbin no. guys. But but Ray, you know, he obviously comes hard for AW. I like shit on both and I appraise both. So, you know, we just kind of seem to dabble at that. But oh my God. Anyway. Ray, Ray, go back after Guthrie, baby. You don't want the smoke. You don't want the smoke. Ooh. You don't want the smoke. There it is. That's what I want. Anyway, if you haven't followed Ray, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Ray Ray of at the JK. Ray of the JK. Yes. And make go. sure you follow at JC of the JK because this is a feud I want to see. I want to see this go all the way to Mania. <laughs> I got four weeks. I got four weeks. I want to hey, see you know what? No, so you as, if you listen to this podcast and you know more than anyone that I, I love to go back and forth and spar and I'm willing, I'm willing to fucking fight about anything. So, you know what? If you want to start Twitter beef with me, if I uh, have some spare time, I'll probably engage, you know? Well, engagement or not, we are here each and every week, folks. We thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for being part of the Jabberknocker community. And we will be back next week with more Jabberknockery. This is war!